There are grounds in it. That's why it tastes so bad. Interesting. So apparently I fucked up putting the filter in. Good to know. Okay. Uh, this is Jetpack Swords. A super duper cool <laughs> a coffee please, podcast. Please cut that intro. Uh, please just start it there. Do not, do not include that first part. I will definitely include the first part. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Easter egg for our listener. That's <laughs> so much. Did you want? You know what? All they were missing was talk about the weather. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to start it with, oh, there's grounds in the coffee. That's where I'll start it, you know, somewhere around there. Um, anyways, this is the first of the new year that all three of us have been here, Craig Patton and James, um, which is great. Uh, so, I mean, what have you all been up to this fine new year? Well, I played on your recommendation, AC Valhalla, and I did have a question. Um, why did you recommend it? <laughs> I love it. That's um, a great game. You loved it? I think- Wait, you hated Far Cry 6, but you loved AC Ball. Listen, listen. One is I love anything Norse or Germanic. My minor mythology is almost specifically because of Germanic mythology. Um, Two, Far Cry 6 takes itself so little seriously that I can't stand it. It is so obnoxiously, oh, you're a cool gorilla, and like you're going to put pipes on your back, and they're going to shoot rockets, and somehow they just make sense. I Far Cry 6 is, is garbage. I don't like Far Cry 6. I think it's the worst Far Cry game in a while, um, personally. I think, like, yeah, like you said, mechanically, it's fine. But, like, I don't think it's a very good game. AC6, not AC6, Valhalla, um, I think, has a relatively interesting story because it doesn't focus too much on the meta-narrative of the assassins and stuff that has gotten very stale. Yep. Um, maybe further in it does, but I it's such a big game that I'm nowhere near the end, and I've played so much of it, and I go back to it every, like, six months and play another, like, 70 hours. I think Ivor's a cool character. I think the surrounding cast is cool. Me, personally, seeing Viking-era England is incredibly interesting. Like, I didn't know that York, historically, was a Viking-like settlement way back in the day. Like, that's so cool. Um, It's one of those weird lost parts of history that I think we're starting to see more of recently with modern works of like for sure period where yeah Saxons were there but they were as you see in AC Valhalla mostly getting destroyed by everybody who's coming coming over from Scandinavia yeah and I just think like obviously like the Norse mythology part of it is cool um I actually liked the least the actual parts because I don't know if you've gotten there yet but there is a whole like other dream world you can enter where you play as Odin, basically. Or, like, not Odin, but you play as, like, another whatever North. Like, a, it's not Ivor, but it looks just like Ivor. Um, that, I hold, even though that's Asgard and is super cool on paper, I find it incredibly boring. And I have not played Ragnarok, the expansion, which I think is called Ragnarok. I might be all over the place with this. But whatever, the big expansion that came out um, last for that game, like the standalone one. I have not played, I own it, but I haven't played it yet. I'm still working through, like, the actual story ones. So, like, the first story one, you go to Ireland, and it's really cool. The second story one, you go to Paris, and I have not done that one yet, but I'm looking forward to it. And then I got Ragnarok because, again, I love, like, Germanic mythology. But, like, to me, that was the least interesting part of that game. But just everything else is cool. I think it has good gameplay because it feels a little bit like Origins, but is more engaging to me than, like, Odyssey. And, like, I love Greek stuff. But Odyssey was so fucking boring. Like I thought, I thought Odyssey was the most boring of the three. Um, I don't know. I really like Valhalla. Like I understand that it's a Ubisoft game and it has those flaws as well. But I think the side content is interesting. I think a lot of times that game does side quests 
where it doesn't make you trek like 90 miles away from somewhere. It's a small, self-contained, immediate story. And a lot of times it's not even like a quest where you have to talk to somebody. You're just there and you do a cool thing and then that's it. I think Valhalla is the best world of the three. It's just very, very big. Also, like the monastery raids are super cool. The whole like river raiding aspect is cool. There's a whole like roguelike mode in that game that is just river raids that's really cool. So yeah, I think Ace, Valhalla is a fantastic game and I would want more games like that in like Origins, less like Odyssey and I haven't played Mirage, but it looks pretty tame. So, How far into it are you? How many hours roughly do you think you got? I, I don't know how many hours it is. I think I just got to the point where I just finished the way too long of a section where you play as what he described where you are no longer the main character. You take a brief excursion and play it's really boring and it has no reason to be boring because it should be so cool and it's really boring yeah it seemed like they had the opportunity cards after that are all optional for what it's worth right like you don't yeah 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 you don't have to do it afterwards but like yeah it's it's i don't know why it's so bad like it's not even bad it's just boring because i do think unless the power levels don't matter that was the first thing that stood out to me in because i think the biggest complaint coming out of just having played another you know Far Cry 6, and I liked Far Cry 6. I do agree it's the one of the on the lower end of all the different Far Cry's, but I just think it's really good. And I just think what it did was where it really fell in story, it really improved in so many different areas of the moment-to-moment gunplay, gameplay, and how you approach that game. Um, I really liked that. I do think it got homogenized doing that. But anyway, enough about Far Cry 6. I think Valhalla had, while its story didn't fall off, it also suffered from the same issue of like adding a bunch more copy paste stuff and especially i think with the world being so good really spotlights and i am a sucker for like i really hate when moving around feels clunky in a game and i think all the origins onwards um ac games suffer from that issue and it has never felt worse than valhalla because every chest is a dumb puzzle (laughs) like it is a pointless layer of something you have to do over and over and over again i disagree it's interesting why you get stuck on every ledge I don't think I, are intuitively I personally never felt like I had an issue in Valhalla with navigating most locations. There are some in Ireland. I remember being a little difficult because they tried to do, they focused a little too much on the visual quality of objects and not like the mechanics of the objects, if that makes sense. So it'd be like yeah. a building that looks really good. Um, but like it was not easy to climb on. But I did not feel that way in the main game as much for as much as I've played. And I've played a lot of that game. I think the climbing was surprisingly good for someone who like hates, or I think it's a pretty pointless mechanic, not hate, but like just don't think it adds anything when sometimes it's marketed as like, or used as a major mechanic. You definitely like don't need it in, a direction. in that game. Like older Assassin's Creed sure. games, it was definitely a gameplay mechanic and was like important. Valhalla, you do not need it. It does not need the, like it is not, an Assassin's Creed game at all. Like, even less so, I'd say, than, like, the other ones. But I really like that game a lot. It is really funny how much... Like, Valhalla is really the completion of stripping out any necessary stealth aspect whatsoever. The thing is, I'm, I'm fine with to see that. a part of that. Well, I'm personally fine... Sorry, I'll let you finish your thought. I won't interrupt. No, no, I, like, I, I agree. Like, I think going along, like, it's clearly... And that's why they brought back the other mainline series of games right they're like hey we're still going to do the stealth thing <laughs> but we feel like we don't want to cater to both audiences so we're just going to deviate like there's going to be a more traditionally stealth focused one and then the newer version of like just gen- uh, 
I can only describe them as like open world base assault games because that's most of what the core gameplay loop comes down to. You can describe like open world action. Yeah, open world third person RPGs is usually how they describe, but really I think they are focused around the do it your way assault on like a base or whatever. Take objective in many, many different ways, which I think Valhalla's not putting a big emphasis on the creativity there, but it falls into that. And I think like the raids are that. And because the raids, even though they're not called raids, raids, are also the main story content too, right? And there's many different games you can compare, like raids being, you know, forts from, or outposts from Far Cry, and like forts from, oh my god, Shadow of War, and many, many other games that do this concept. Um, And I think we don't see enough of that. Like, I think Valhalla just has all this other stuff, and maybe I'm playing the game wrong, but because of how power works, and because it's another... No, 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 I, I, that's... That's so like that's not a thing, right? Like if you're playing the game wrong, the game is bad, right? Like there shouldn't be a way to play the game wrong. Well, I'll disagree with that because there are definitely games where there is a right way to play. If you go from Doom to Doom Eternal, you're not going to be playing the same kind of game. Doom Eternal is a very different game than the first Doom and like its core mechanics. Um, Packing my experience, if you really want to play Valhalla, I would recommend like tweaking the difficulty. So that way you don't have to worry about those things as much and you can just play the game. I think it's a very fun, just like simple action RPG. I think a lot of the abilities you unlock over time, like your like special abilities can be really cool. I think the game's got some really, really cool like visceral animations, which make the at face value very, very simple combat way more engaging. There are so many weapon types. Uh, That game is really cool in my opinion because... You've got, like, single-hand weapons, so you can dual-wield if you want. You can just use one. You can use, like, a heavy weapon, and then eventually you can upgrade your skill tree where you can dual-wield heavy weapons. And dual-wielding heavy weapons using two massive great swords and wearing... There's an armor set you can get in the game that's the... um, It's, like, the King Arthur, like, Knight Templar armor, basically. And just that, with the dual-wield, like, long swords, you just... It's like it's my favorite. Right, like I love it Origins. So sa- it's so satisfying. It's so yeah. satisfying though. I think it's that's really good because Odyssey had like sets and stuff I like think. that too, and it seems like Valhalla builds a lot on that and gives you a lot more yeah. options, which I can I... tell from looking at the abilities and seeing like later game stuff yeah, that it's... I'm nowhere close to. And that's my main. I think it is game. really worth it personally. Like there is a lot of filler. I would not say sit down and try to like mainline it the whole way through. Just play it when you feel like it. And when you get bored, go do something else and then come back to it. And I think just this stuff, um, I don't know. To me, that game is also very like reactive. Like I feel like building up your settlement is actually kind of interesting because you get different characters and like you can add stuff to it. And there's a lot of cool gameplay things that come with the actual settlement, at least for the first bit there. You do hit a point with the settlement building where it becomes just stat boosts and not, like, new characters and gameplay, which is kind of oh, annoying. Um, but, like, for the first, like, 60% of it, it's like, oh, cool, there's new characters in the settlement. And they have, like, different quest lines and stuff. And also, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've played it, but I think that game does a good job of doing the thing that I love in RPGs, like, like Elder Scrolls always does, where as you do things, the game does react, like, the characters will react to it a little bit more. It might only be, like, limited to the settlement characters, but I always felt like the characters had something to say about what I had done recently, as far as like the mainline quests, at least. Um, I think the collectibles are like interesting, usually because they lead to some cool like armor sets and things like that. Um, I remember specifically there was a whole quest line in that game where you have to hunt down three pagan like dark witch sisters that were all they were triplets born to like a some like pagan king that was there before the like you know Vikings showed up and 
they're all like witchy and cursed and it's one of those things that game does really well i think where you can't always tell what is the animus in game interpreting the events or was actually like seether and like magic that like eivor themselves is seeing or is actually just like poison or something like i think the game does a really good job blending the actual like mythology and like fantasy elements with the overall world um i don't know i i could talk about the game all the time. i really really like that I'll, like a lot so they definitely leaned more into the fantasy elements than i think they did in odyssey and odyssey they clearly were already starting down that path and they, they did more dlc sure. that like really got deeper into it that i just didn't play but yeah it seems like they're it's getting worked in earlier into the story which i think which i'm all for change yeah i'm all for that i think i think ubisoft like for nothing else they make such well-made, cool historical settings. And like, yeah, it's I mean, it may not be the best. Yeah, and it may not be the best that it's always an Assassin's Creed game, but that's why I like that, like, they're Assassin's Creed games by, like, franchise label, but they're usually just an open-world, exploratory, cool, semi-fantasy open-world action RPG, which, like, I'm all for. Give me an extremely engaging world that, like, you can see that it's real life, like, it's based on real material, but it has so much cool history and fantasy to it that it's just different enough to be, like, not boring. Or yeah, just give me, like, one... fantastical locations. You know, either way, like, whatever. So, I really... Like, I think it's one of the few that does a great job in a video game of blending, like, real history with mythology. Like, yeah. you feel authentic... You authentically feel both, as opposed to, like, when other people try to do it. It's usually, like, the main focus is on one, and then the other is kind of, like, token trivia. I mean, I'll just say, like... Playing that game and then going and playing Crusader Kings 3 and starting in the Norse, like, old Viking era and seeing characters as other rulers in CK3 that I, quote-unquote, met personally, like, face-to-face in Valhalla. I was like, this is just so cool. I love it. You should random side watch um, Vinland Saga. I've heard it's good. I've heard it's it's very good. It's Mm -hmm. one of the few that if you don't watch anime, it's actually worth watching and it covers exactly this group of people. (laughs) It's on my list eventually. But so I'm excited for the the new Japanese one. So, oh, that's right, they announced a new one. Yeah, no, they're they they're doing a thing Silent Hill is doing where there are three or four Assassin's Creed games concurrently in development by different studios, um, because there's like twelve Silent Hill things also developed. That's just like a good analogy. But yeah, there's the there's the story stealth focused line, which like Mirage was the first of returning to that. There's gonna be the Japanese what looks like uh shinobi style one which is going to be the next like open world one like Valhalla um and I think they're doing some other like side content like smaller scale projects as well they want it to be like a hub franchise which is literally I think what they like termed it I think when they announced all of those at the same time was that like it was just become like a a hub franchise to have a bunch of different things but that again I'm all for I love that I'm glad Ubisoft is using their money for something that's not you know complete trash so yeah, this has been their strategy for, at least they've said this is going to be their strategy for a while. Now it feels like they're actually in the full swing of it. Yeah, I agree. I think like Unity or something like that was the first time they're like, hey, yeah, yeah. we're going to turn Assassin's Creed into something more here. Oh. It's like I'm all for, I, th- I think franchises should evolve. Like, you know. Absolutely. You still they the right way, right? The elements. But... They just made games more for their core audience as opposed to like homogenizing everything for to yeah. make a game that like, fits everybody, which ultimately Ubisoft makes no gets a lot of shit for, you know, the climb a radar tower and unlock the map, but, like, they wouldn't be doing it if it didn't work at its core. And you can think it's, like, you know, tame and kind of bland, which it is, but, like, 
there are definitely engaging moments within those, you know, like I, I base assault games are always entertaining in my opinion. Like as long as the bases themselves are like well-crafted to be engaging. Um, and I think Valhalla goes even beyond that and just has an overall world and like side quests and whatever that's engaging. So I really like, I love the river raids and I just, I love Valhalla so much. Yeah. I like the core of the game, but there's so much ancillary stuff around it and it seems like needless grinding though. I did, I'm reacting exactly as you describe. Like I think there's needless grinding to get to the points in the story and like the next content that I want to do. Uh, like power wise seem endlessly far away from. Um, if you I'm just, just like I said, crank the difficulty down a little bit to where you feel good with the combat, like, oh, you know, do it as much as you want. I know, but it's either winner. that or you just don't play the game. And I think you'll be missing out on, if nothing else, really and then I raised it back up once. Yeah, you got like double gear and stuff. Yeah, I don't know that too. I'm pretty sure I lowered it and raised it back up. Or also, do don't like stay in don't stay in Norway forever. That's a, just like a recommendation for anybody starting that game. It seems like the game wants you to stay in Norway for a long time and do not do that. <laughs> Try it's it's just like Dragon Age, Dragon Age Inquisition where you should get out of the hinterlands as soon as possible. Um, I will say though, Peggy, you mentioned at one point you you know you mentioned like Shadow War. I, I I feel like it's probably at least in my opinion it does feel just like a worse version of Shadow War in some ways. I mean, it's I very it's different game, setting, obviously, right? But like, if someone were to come to me and be like, "I'm gonna play either Assassin's Creed Valhalla or Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor, or either one," which should I play? I would 100% always suggest the Shadow of War slash Mordor one to them. I would always recommend that, but I do think, as someone who, again, is very critical of Val, um, but I did like Odyssey, and I do think there's a lot there in those games that they offer that Shadow of War doesn't. I in think Origins is the, the best one if you want the most, like, traditional, not three billion hours one also, for sure. I always recommend Origins to people. That is the one thing. I don't, like, people would still play the Assassin's Creed and Far Cry games if they made them much shorter and removed the necessary grind. For sure. Like, I don't Absolutely. understand why they don't. Especially Far Cry, it felt the worst just because, like, that is a game where you could take the starting pistol and you can clear the final mission, like, right from go. Yeah. Um, so it should feel more like you can do that, um, similar to, like, Legend of Zelda. I think that's one thing like about that. Blood Dragon, too. Blood Dragon is such a small-scale, slice-of-life version of that. Like, Blood Dragon is so good for, like, being a Far Cry spinoff, and I would love another one. Yeah, I was telling you, I am so confident since 6 was a critical failure that they're going to go remaster or, like, redo something with their most successful games, which is Far Cry 3 and Far Cry Blood Dragon, and Blood Dragon's the one we have. I mean, think for really what I want is Far Cry 2 again. 2 is my... He's the only person I hear ask for anything before Far Cry 2. No, 2 has a solid following. It's just way less quiet than the Fallout... Or Fall, not Far Cry 3 people. Fallout 2... Or not Fallout... God, Far Cry 2 is very, very good. I can't even talk. Far Cry 2 is really good. Um, you just have all these series that have a bunch of different installations. <laughs> all the yeah, same that's game. also a problem. And you like them all. You, you do love... A multiple different franchises that have a bunch of installments like oh, yeah Souls, i do <laughs> i like the one and duns i like those two. <laughs> i like the yeah, game where they just they made one and then the developer was like this is my game now this is my career <laughs> this is all i game. <laughs> this is all i want is to be that's why i want to try um uh, dwarf fortress if people weren't oh, so much God. like incredibly similar to Rimworld, world except no play rim world rim world is what dwarf fortress 
would be if Dwarf Fortress was an actual game, not just a. <laughs> as someone who owns the the modernized version of Dwarf Fortress, I could I literally couldn't even figure out something as simple as switching between the Z levels and like building stairs. Like the oh, game did not. I could not figure it out. I followed what the game said in the tutorial and could not figure it out. But you know what is great, and you don't have to worry about it running shittily, is RimWorld. Just play RimWorld. Always play RimWorld. <laughs> I cannot stress enough to people to try RimWorld, even if you it's great. never try to call any sim. Like, it's just it's just the one. It's really fun. Yeah, it's so good. The expansions are all incredible. There's so much of that game I still have not done yet. It is weirdly expensive for an indie game. It's I, the few where you every can just penny. get it for $5 randomly on, like, some sale. Look, every single person that does anything in their life now is already spending like $30 on single item goods all the time. So why not spend that on something that does not take up any space and you'll get hundreds, if not thousands of hours out of. (laughs) That's how I validate it too. Is like, if I buy steam games, they are taking up no space in my apartment and I feel good about that. So it's fine. I I mean, I I think video games are all classically go by the dollar per hour rule. I think video games yeah, are for sure. the best form of entertainment in that way. Um, I bought Company of Heroes 3 and was unsure about it, and I got 40 hours out of it, which is almost the same amount as I got of it as the critically acclaimed Company of Heroes 2. So, I, I it, it's all good. <laughs> that is why I shop always to try and maximize. I'd always go for like, I'm so easy. I'm such a sucker for sales on games, even though I'm very critical of like sales on regular products. I'm like, you wouldn't buy it if it wasn't on sale. Um, I'm the same way for sure. But like, I just, I, I'll pull the trigger so fast. It's like, you know, $7 for some brains. Yeah. My brain's always like, it's, it's part of the rainy day stockpile of games. And then that day never comes because I have too many things to put. Also, I've been good about that. I've been blowing through the backlog on a, no, God, I am pretty close. Never once done that. It's so worth it. I highly recommend. I know. It, like but... set a spending freeze for six weeks on games, and it will force you to go back to those games, and you will have them because you got them. for that. <laughs> just, just remove your credit cards from your no. accounts, and that it is. Then I gotta put. Then I have to add it. Same idea. Actually. Don't want to do that. I know somebody who did that. They removed all their credit cards, and then they literally like physically. And oh yeah, you guys have significant others. Give them, you literally physically hand them to your significant other and be like, put this somewhere <laughs> that I don't get it back for six weeks. She'll use it. <laughs> that is a risky run, yeah. Or she could just like put it in a drawer or something. Like a hide it. Well, then I'll lose it. No, but that's the thing, is you have another person hide it so they know where it is and you can't like, in a weak oh, moment, just go find it. think you have Danny to go... know what's going on in our apartment? There's no... <laughs> You have to have one spot you could hide it, like, somewhere. It doesn't even have to be in the apartment. Like, just go take them somewhere. Again, they're going to be gone. The cats are going to take them and go buy God knows what. (laughs) (laughs) The three of them Uh, together have the intelligence of, like, a seven-year-old child. And they only use it for evil. Well, one of them uses it for evil. The other two do not. But I don't know if the evil, like, I don't know if the good outweighs the evil in that equation. This does make me think, do you all do the weekly free games on Epic Games? Did you guys pick those up often? I haven't opened Epic Games on God knows how long. I, I do it. If I see them close. and they look good, I get it. But I don't do it automatically. Let me... very consistently, and that's one of the ones I'll be like, I need to do a spending freeze. I need to go play one of these. Let me communicate how lazy I am. Um, <laughs> I don't know my Epic login off the top of my head, and it doesn't run its startup on my computer. 
but I know what games are on there because they were always they were all epic exclusive like launch games and then they've come to other platforms since. I have to stop myself from buying them on Steam for the sake of ease of use. Like God. instead of me opening because I don't want to use anything but Steam. I literally don't want to use anything but Steam. This has Girl, all my games. God. What is this reasoning? You just open it, you download it and launch it. I mean, I have it. I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, and then you just put the shortcut to the game on Look, your I'm side. supporting developers with my multiple... Do you know how many times I've bought Skyrim? Do you know how many times I've bought Elden Ring? I've noticed. Man, you, I don't you like know that. Do you know how many times I bought Armored Core? Or I don't think any of those needed to be supported extra. I think they had enough support. <laughs> no, GTA 5 needed it. All the other games did GTA not need support. That one's a mistake. GTA 5 I've only bought it twice. I've only bought it twice. But Elden Ring, I think, I've bought four times. Um, I think Armored Core I've bought twice now. Um, I bought another version of Skyrim today. Um, why? Wait, because I wanted it on my PlayStation. What? Not that I have a new PlayStation again. Didn't you already own PlayStation? I don't think I did. I don't know. <laughs> it was twenty dollars. It doesn't matter. Oh my god. <laughs> I play more games than both of you combined, so I don't want to hear it. This is all I do. I don't have other things to do. That might be true. That depends. You know what? It only is true when I'm on a down when I'm not subscribed to World of Warcraft when I'm both playing. That World might of be Warcraft, true. I'm probably playing another game. In the wild specifically, you guys might have me beat, but I think on average I play more games than both of you combined. Definitely, because I go through big ebbs and flows. I've been having a lot of fun, like because I started playing again in like early November, and have been and they kind of took a downswing during December and then been playing up. I just, just also have the worst like. I don't think I have actual ADHD, but when it comes to my consoles and games and everything, I really do. It's rare that something grabs me, which, speaking of, have you all ever played a game called Mad Games Tycoon 2? I've heard of that, but... I don't think it, is a, it is a game development stem. So you play, like, you run a game development studio starting as, like, one developer building, like, in your garage, you know, putting games together in, like, the 70s, and then it advances up to, like, 2050, right? Um... I bought it last week and I have 29 hours in it already because it is the most addicting. It's not, it's, it's nothing. Like it's not a actual big budget game or anything, but it is the most addicting, engaging thing I've played in like three months, probably. Dude, I think all looking at it, all very the good. games are like, it's a very good so game. engrossing. It's a very good game. Trying to beat Nintendo from like, 81 to 2005 is very challenging because they just dominate the market in that game. The like <laughs> fake version of Nintendo. But I've been working, oh, yeah, trying to develop consoles. And like, the real version of the market. You know. <laughs> hey, I, would best say, I would hope that's truly beating the game because I don't think there is ever or will ever be a more dominant company at video games than Nintendo was during that time period. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I have they, had video, they had to fight not to have Nintendo become like common like common property because it was yeah. so commonly used as a synonym for the word video game <laughs> yeah exactly well it's very true but yeah highly recommend yeah. they ran a campaign they ran an advertising campaign so you would call it a console they came up with the term console so people would stop calling them nintendo's <laughs> mm. they already old still calls it didn't work on my parents yeah and say my grandparents you know i was gonna say that's how you know time has passed Wait, so why don't call them Nintendo's anymore <laughs> People don't just call video games Nintendo. They actually know about various games. That's true. That's true. It was funny. My mom texted me something. They were, she was like, we're watching some show and it's like 
you, you know, they, they're referencing this game, like call of Sarah or something. I don't fucking know what it was or whatever. And she's like, do you think, is this a real game <laughs> or is this a parody of call of duty? And I was like, it's a parody of call of duty. But the fact that she knew what it was a parody of, I was yeah, like, pretty- yeah, she's there. It's fucking call of duty. Which I mean, like it's call of duty. It's still, oh. No, damn, uh, I mean, back in the day, Call of Duty has been around for a while, and people used to know what Call of Duty was. That was the that was the fake game. Was Call of Duty? That's funny. And I was like, I just looked it up, and yeah, I don't see anything. Just to just to confirm, Call of Amy is not a real game. But <laughs> hey, dude, it's probably lit. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've uh. I'm curious, actually, Specky. Like, re- last comment on on Valhalla. How do you think you'll do? You think you're done playing it, or do you think you'll play a little more? So I think I'm going to do what James recommended, which is like balance it with a different game. Because I did. Mm-hmm. I, I was recommend. the podcast did not get to enjoy the period of time where I was not subscribed to WoW because that was when I was not on, and then I've just very recently resubbed to you specifically. I, say, I saw you. Yeah, I saw you on. I mean, you're going to enjoy that dragon flight and all of Azeroth because it's going to be fucking dope. I'm excited <laughs> to do that today. I do think it's good. It's fun. I'm looking forward to playing more well. Um, I don't think they added as much as I thought. Having I didn't look at all what they were adding, and then I was like, ah. I mean, I'm assuming it's like it's a like, three-hour quest line and dragon riding. And, and like all some very essential. minor events that are pretty inconsequential. Um, yeah. Sounds about right. But yeah, just a little bit. So stagger it with Valhalla, and then I might end up. Dude, I might finally there. You know, what I was saying I've been playing the backlog. Every time I go play my consoles, because I've been playing them more, playing Far Cry and uh, Valhalla, I have to stare at um, Horizon Forbidden West sitting unplayed, so unplayed in plastic. On my so good. I couldn't tell you why I haven't played it. It's just one of those like I've had it for so. I've had it since it came out, by the way. Like I just, I did not get it recently. I got it almost on launch, and then just that you started a long period of not playing. It's an extremely good game. I really do need to play it. I also still haven't finished the expansion. That rain's good. It's I don't know if you listened to, and that might, I think that was our episode when you weren't here. Yeah. Um, I think I think Spider-Man Two is very good, but I also think it's overrated. I think it has. I've heard it be described as overrated enough. I feel like it's gotten to a fair point. Um, for a lot of different opinions on it, which is part of why I haven't. It's good. Like it. I recommend it. It's good. It's just, you know. Forbidden West, I think, is the better game, personally. Um, that might be a hot take, but that is only because you dare to say anything is better than Spider-Man. Um, I'll, I'll say it again. I don't care. I'll talk about God knows how many other games that I think are better than Spider-Man. It, oh, my God. That actually brings up... I wasn't sure... When I first started playing Valhalla, I think the first two hours, especially playing the default Animus that they recommend, which you play mostly as the female character, I was like, these guys just played Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> A4 is so similar to Aloy at the start and looks remarkably similar at the beginning. I think played gets more different. Male Ivor. Or Ivor, yeah. Played female. I, I thought it was I, I like the the female voice actress. I think she thought she did a good good job, good delivery, good performance. I think I I go back and forth because I did Cassandra in Odyssey. Although I do think Cassandra was the way better fit for Odyssey than uh Alexander, I think was his name, or Alexandros. Alexios. Alexios, yeah. And I played Alexios, and that was the one because I saw so many rave reviews um, for Cassandra that I, after that, whenever there's been a choice, um, like Far Cry had it too. Like I Google it beforehand and just see what who which one people. I, I frequently Google it. Yeah, I frequently Google who's who did the better job. Yeah. 
It's like Mass Effect. Femship is way better than Male Shepard. Yeah. It's like, um, but this one I knew you could switch between them. So I started out as the female one, and then eventually I switched to the male one, just because, I don't know. I, like I just wanted to experience both. I don't play the female one. I, I think the male one does a good job. I think they both knocked it out of the park. I think, mm-hmm. uh, to your point, I think the voice acting that was way better than it was in Far Cry 6. But maybe it's yeah. just easier... I also think, you know what, I think Norse accents are a little free. <laughs> I think when you speak in that heavy accent, it's really easy to, like, sell being <laughs> It also, like, it's one of those things, too, where there are not a ton of from the time, there's actually very little from the time period, like, written records. Um, a lot of it is from, like, many, many years later, or, like, from the time when they were Christianized, which is also very, very many years later. So it's one of those things where there's a lot of, like, organic just open space for interpretation i think they do a good job with that yeah a lot of this takes place during it, it was called the dark ages for a reason <laughs> there's mm-hmm. just not many records of that period and i do believe almost all of all takes place during the dark ages yeah there's very little from that period specifically about the germanic like tribes and groups and stuff not big writers and what they did write we did do a little hey they did a lot on Stones. They just didn't do a lot of normal writing. Yeah, not something that gets preserved very well. We have some preserves, but we don't have it for some reason or another. I don't know. I've liked all these games. I've liked... That's part of why I didn't play Horizon Forbidden West. Was uh, I just felt like I'd played enough open world games. It was kind of That's fair. concept and pivoted. Yep. And then Far Cry 6 was coming back yep. to it, which like on paper should have been a devastating blow to me ever playing that type of game again. Ended up really liking it and then just, just played more. So I probably will go play Horizon Forbidden West after this one. You really should. It's really good. I think it's a very good game. And I think the expansion's really good, which I still need to beat that specifically, but it's it's really cool. Wow, the expansion started. It's been out for a while, right? It's been out for like two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it came out the same time as Elden Ring. It's pretty close. That was another game I like. Maybe the year before? I can't remember. One to get. It definitely came out before Elden Ring. Um, but it's... I wanted to. That was... I don't know why I was weirdly playing the beginning of a hall and thinking like combat here is a little basic. I wish it was harder. I was like, I should play Elden Ring. <laughs> Maybe really good should. enough now. I am going to get creamed. I'm gonna get... You don't want to be on the podcast after I get to the first hard part in Elden Ring where I keep dying. Because <laughs> I'm going to be insufferable in my complaining. <laughs> you should play Remnant 2 instead because it's a better game. Um, Forbidden West came out seven a week before Elden Ring. Oh, really? Wow. I thought was... Yep. I was going to say, I thought they were like right next to there, which is why Forbidden West got, not that it like went under the radar because obviously it was still a major Sony release, but it it definitely did not, I feel like, get the, the love it deserved because Elden Ring came out the week after. <laughs> I mean, does that? They screw over Guerrilla Games every chance they get, even though Guerrilla Games has been around since the beginning and is an incredibly talented studio. That happened with the first one too, right? Like I can't yeah. remember what it was, but another major release happened like within a month. I think they've done that to every single Gorilla Games release and that it's been put around something else that'll completely like wipe it out. Crazy. Yeah. Like the Killzone games are all fantastic. Like all great games. And I'm pretty sure those all got released around the time of other things that just wiped them out in the same way. Or Gorilla Games. They're so talented. <laughs> they do make a fun game. All their games are great. They're also, in my opinion, like, I don't know if y'all remember way, way back in the day, but like how 
game companies would show off trailers for games and then games would very rarely live up to what the trailers were, right? Like the pre-release trailers. Um, it happened with the first Killzone, for example, and like Killzone did not look like any of the pre-release material at all. Like it was way downgraded. Killzone 2 was the first game I remember being as a kid where they showed off pre-release stuff and when it came out, it was identical. And I remember that being like a big thing and everybody was like, oh, nothing's gonna like, there's no way they can make it look like what the trailers look like. And then it came out and it did and it was a good shooter. The multiplayer was fun and it looks just like all the pre-release content. And I love Gorilla. That was the... It's a great reminder. That was a pretty, it wasn't that long of a period of time where that people were really egregious with it. Because I remember they used to, and you'd have the videos come out when games launched of like, this was the pre-release trailer at the the Game Awards or whatever. Yeah. And this is the actual footage. And yeah. this is, we can objectively prove how they downgraded it. Gorilla worked hard to take, the, to take that criticism to heart after the first one um, for the first kill zone. And they did such a good job on kill zone two and three and Shadowfall was really good too. So Nobody yeah. seems to do it anymore. No, I mean, now... You continued it. Well, I guess because yeah. they don't even show the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's how you get away Never from it. Never show the gameplay. Until you're like three months away from... Actually, that's just what people do now. They just release a cinematic trailer. And yeah. people get annoyed about that. Hey, Dragon's Dogma 2. Plenty of gameplay has been shown of that game. It looks great. That is true. They've shown quite a They've lot. They've shown a lot. If you follow anything on IGN, it's all Dragon's Dogma 2 content right now. And it looks fantastic. I just watched that one. I think it was like 13 minute video. Yeah, um, that's maybe a couple of things. But I do think it looks genuinely really good. I think. Yeah. People. Like I mean, the first one still holds up. Happy. If you want a good like backlog game pack, you go play the uh, first or Dragon's Dogma: Dark Horizon, which is the first game with the expansion tacked on. But the game still holds up, and it's it's so good. Very. It's a very interesting game because you can definitely feel that it's a Japanese game, but it is trying so hard, and I think mostly succeeds. At being a Western RPG, it's really interesting mix of like the two, like you know, main schools of like design that exist in the gaming community. Um, it's it's interesting. It's a really good game though. It is funny how like JRPG, like Western RPGs and JRPGs, really do define their gaming industries in their respective regions, yeah. and just how insanely different the tropes are of each one. <laughs> yeah, look, you've got those two, and then much, much lower in third place are all the Eurojank games, which are also their very own unique <laughs> thing. They're all good, like, they're, there's some good gems in there, too, but yeah, it's mostly Western RPGs. And, uh, it's just popular. It's just one yeah. of the biggest gaming companies in the it's world. It's the market, yeah, for sure. Hello, my with You were been announced or anything? I haven't heard anything recently. I'm looking forward to Helldivers too, but other than that, I don't even know. Sorry, Greg, you were you were starting a thought. Um, I mean, I mean, what are you guys talking about though? Like, Plants for Zombies Three is like officially launching. Like, it's huge, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was gonna say that is true. Actually, that I that's not like a made up thing. That is actually true. Plants for Zombies Three is like actually gonna come out. Um, for anybody who sunk hundreds of hours into that back in high school and college, like exceptional film game but anyways not what i actually wanted to say i was gonna say though um you know i tend to do kind of what you're you know you're gonna do packy which is like i think especially when i was playing Valhalla, like i would have two games mainly i was playing at the time and like frequently that would be you know one was Valhalla or whatever like big thing i'm trying to like for you know i don't want to say like slog through because that like implies I wasn't enjoying it um but but slog through um and then another that is like 
it's something that's like quicker, easier, which tends to be something like Halo or Hots or Smite or Wow or you know something like that, where it's just like or COD or it's easy to just like pop in and play a couple things. You know, it's like easy, fun, goofy. Um, and on that note, you know, like oh I mean, yeah, we should just keep playing some more Hots and Smite, which like saw a, a great thing for Hots today. Which is Here's the Storm. It's a MOBA, but Blizzard combined all their shit into single MOBAs so, like League of Legends, but better. Um, more casual. It's like League of Legends, but more casual and with cool characters. Um, it is getting an actual balance patch despite being a dead game. And the top comment on the Reddit post got me. I'm on my knees at Walmart. And I just, I feel that dude's fucking energy. <laughs> Is it uh, it's just a real, real battle? Like multiple different changes? It is it is bug fixes and balance changes. Yes, it's not like huge. Like it's it's a small balance patch, but like it is a balance patch that there is no reason they should have done this. Um, and I mean, obviously, then you know it's like everyone's like, oh, I'm you know I got my hopium right now, <laughs> and like everyone's hopes are gonna be fucking dashed with that. Like this is not the sign of more things to come. But still, like I just. The dude saying, I'm on my knees at Walmart fucking got me. Like, <laughs> dude, that's extra funny. I'm reading it. There are changes in a game. What? How many has it? Like 50 heroes or something crazy? Four abilities each? It's like 90 something. It's like 90 heroes. Yeah. 90. Yeah. It's yeah, like six balance changes. Yeah. To three heroes. <laughs> three heroes got changes and they are pretty minor as someone who plays the game. <laughs> this is so. Uh, you know, there's a little bit, but. It's bug fixes, dude. It's a, it's a decent number of bug fixes. Actually, there's a lot of bugs, right? Fixes. Like clearly been looking yeah. for issues. But it's, no, no. I mean, this was like mode. they spent some time to do this, even if it was like two dudes, right? Like they spent some time to do it. Um, and I mean, I I obviously I I hope it is a sign of more things to come, even though I know it's not. <laughs> but you never know. I just like the crazy thing is so like we. So Smite 2 got announced, you know, Packy, you and I, and then Sam, who has been on the podcast, but, like, we've played, we played a lot of Smite uh, back in the day when it, like, launched, like, year one, two, three, probably, of Smite, uh, which is, like, a third-person MOBA, right? Like, that's its its gimmick or its claim to fame or whatever. Um, And so Smite 2 was announced, and I was like, oh, well, let's go try out Smite, and so, you know, you and I played a couple games, and, like, yeah... Uh, you know, I think we both noticed it's like that game is a little rough. Like it definitely could probably use the the the, the sequel. Um, but really what stuck out to me is the fucking queue times in that game, which is a cross-platform game. It is, it, it's on PC, it's on consoles, it's even on fucking Switch. It's on all the things. Smite is on all the fucking things. And like Arena and ARAM queue times in that game for me were like a minute. And like I go to HOTS and I get, like, 30-second queues or less in HOTS. Like, a game that's only on PC and is dead and is not actively developed has shorter fucking queue times than the game that is actively developed, is getting a sequel, and is on, like, five different fucking platforms. And it is crazy to me. Um, I mean, probably the answer there is that they're just more lax with heroes with your MMR behind the scenes. Probably. Though we haven't seen, like, player numbers or anything like that i'd be really curious to see player numbers for those two games yeah and i mean like i'm sure there's player numbers for smite on steam but 
again, it's it's on Steam, it's on the Epic Game Store, it's on Xbox, it's on PlayStation, it's on Switch, like, and so I I don't know what the total player numbers for that game are, but I don't know. It's just crazy that what is supposedly a dead game is you know I know it's just it's a better game too. Like I enjoy Smite and it's different and like I'm having fun playing it, but like. I think I objectively enjoy enjoyed Heroes of the Storm more, and I think it's a better game. They're they're just different, right? And so, like, I think yeah, can coexist. Um, but I do the shame that the one I think is better is just like not actively supportive. Should we just have like a full blown memorial podcast for Heroes? Because I feel like in the past <laughs> three podcasts, we, every time there is a sad about Heroes section, <laughs> sad about the current state of Heroes. Uh, not so much play it. It's not dead. It's alive. It is alive. I it's. I was also. I am impressed with how you're saying like the queue times aren't anything impressive, but um, just like all the content and stuff like that they've added to Smite. Having not played in a while, and clearly they're adding more, and they are doing Smite two. Anyone who small, saw Smite two and is excited about it, I cannot recommend enough downloading and trying Smite, so you can look at it and see why they're coming out with Smite two, because <laughs> it looks yeah, terrible. It is. <laughs> having not played in a while. Jesus, it really has not held up. Smite has solid player numbers. It's twenty thousand on Steam alone right now. Like that is that is a solid player number for just Steam. Again, when it's on yeah. consoles as well, like that's fairly solid. Um, really I I bet I bet here's the storm number. I bet I bet Hots has more players than Smite does. Did twenty thousand? I if they clear twenty thousand, I'll be impressed. If they twenty thousand, I I'm sure. But Blizzard doesn't publish okay. those numbers. We have no way of knowing. <laughs> I know, which, and that's how they get you. <laughs> yeah, this, by the way, this does yeah. not sound like I know Heroes has more because of, like, these reasons. It's just, like, you just want Heroes to have more. <laughs> and just in that's your heart, they have more. That's true. I, I mean, it, I, I think my reasons are the queue times, and that's, it. that's all I got to you. There's nothing else. No facts other than... I click button, I'm in match quickly. The match is still relatively balanced. That's the key. That's the key. The match still seems to be relatively, not perfectly, but relatively balanced. So um, I am going to play some more Smite, though. I mean, I, I have been enjoying it. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm so bad at it. And so, like, it's kind of fun to, like, be bad and learn how to play again. And, like, you know, like, trying to do a combination of, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to go... Old God, New God, right? So, like, play one game with God I know, play one game with God I don't know that's new. Um, and, you know, just kind of do do that, go back and forth. And, like, when I got to Bacchus, oh, dude, just bouncing in, burping, and then just fucking smashing your jug of wine into the ground. It's great. It's glorious. Like, I truly embody Bacchus. That's all I'm saying. I do like how Smite feels. That's, of course, what it has, right, with the 3D combat. It just feels really fun to use your abilities. It's really chaotic, and it's hard to get up high level picture which in a 10 player game is tough but man is using any particularly the characters you're like that are fun and you're good with just feel really good which i think that that itself is another you know good important reason as to why um it's so important they redo it right like if yeah. feeling good is the thing it's got it's going for it then like that means that, like, you know, going from 1 to 2, going from Unreal Engine 3 to Unreal Engine 5, like, you know, completely revamping, you know, how it plays, but still, like, keeping the core. So, I guess not completely revamping, right? But, like, revamping how it plays. Um, you know, 
yeah, means improving the thing that is actually important about the game, right? Like the itemization is not what's important, right? And sure, they're going to like redo that and it's going to be better, right? But like, I think you're right. The core of what makes the game worth playing is how it feels to play. And like I said, it's what makes it different enough than other MOBAs and why like I still went back to it. Um, And so like, yeah, them improving it will be much, much appreciated by me. Um, interesting and just for anybody who's curious um, it was very interesting because you know Smite's been around 8, 10 years maybe, I don't know, I want to say 10 years maybe 8, somewhere around there um, people sunk a lot of money into it and their way that they're doing this transition is very interesting I'm kind of curious for your all's thoughts on it is so um, your content does not transfer that's it, hard stop, your content doesn't transfer which, okay, I shouldn't say hard stop because there are you know, whatever's to it. Because if that was it, that'd be like, all right, fuck it, bring on the pitchforks, right? Um, so what they're doing is it's interesting. Oh, the other reason we loved Smite back in the day, and I still love Smite, and I still think every MOBA should do this, you can pay 40 bucks and get every god in the game and all future gods in the game for the single price of $40, and every fucking MOBA should do that. The end. But they're doing that again for Smite too. So, like, good. That That's like, a, you know, I fucking love it. I wish Shots and League and every MOBA would do it. Um, so that's great. And then if you do that, if you purchase the founder pack, which gives you all current gods and all future gods, then it doubles this new currency, which they're calling legacy gems, which is for every gem you've spent in the previous game, uh, in smite one, um, you can basically put that towards like half off a purchase in the new game. Um, and then if you buy the founders back for the new game, it doubles that thing. So essentially like you still have to put forward new money for the new game, but it's at least not like completely throwing away the time and money you've put into the first one, which like after reading how all the different pieces of it work together and how they're like, you don't get to keep everything. I don't know. I, I was content with what they announced um, to the point where I don't know, I'll probably end up buying the Founders Edition again, just because like we played so much of the first game, and like I'm excited for the second game, even if it's not a you know like we're never gonna play it as much as we did the first one. But I don't know. I feel like I will be forty bucks for that. Play it more than like three or four hours. I'm gonna be honest. I think the Founders back might be a stretch. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a good chance. That's a very good chance. But I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic uh, as to how good it will feel. Which I'll, I mean, I'm going to sign up for the alpha too. And so that'll be like, actually, that's really what's going to happen. I'm going to sign up for the alpha and then play the alpha. And if the alpha feels good, because like you said, it's all about how it feels, then I will, yeah, probably go ahead and do the, the Founders Edition. Anyways, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting way to like, let's do, a, let's do a sequel, but how can we still honor your, you know, time, commitment, money put into the first game? And it, they, they seem to be, in my opinion, striking a reasonable balance. It's not as good as obviously what everyone wants, which is just like every skin carries over, right? Um, but also some of that's for technical reasons. And what's kind of interesting is like all skins they're releasing this year are cross-generational skins, they call them, um, which is basically just like because they know what they're designing for, they can make the skin for both at the same time. Anyways, enough about Smite, enough about Smite 2. Um, I'm excited. I enjoy, enjoy playing it probably plays yeah. more after this podcast i do think that you 
always need to, whenever you're a free-to-play game doing these transitions that are becoming more popular, because the transition is always to bring in new players, right? To like give yourself a fresh coat of paint, have a new release that brings in fresh blood to the game, and everybody, including your current player base, be very, very happy with that. But like, who ends up paying the most in these transitions is your core base of players as they like rebuild exactly. everything their account had from the previous game. So you have to give them some kind of bone because they end up getting like it is always going to feel bad. Like I, I've never seen an existing player base who was happy about this kind of transition, like totally happy, because they wound up paying like some amount for this um, in a way that doesn't feel worth it, uh, at least for them. You have to personally. make it. I, I mean, literally, you have to pay the fucking bills, right? Like, yeah. I'm assuming this is not fucking cheap to like make this sequel in Unreal Engine 5 and like re-add the gods one at a time, remodel them, you know, reanimate them in Unreal Engine 5. Like I am assuming this is not a particularly cheap fucking process. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you've got to pay the bills and it definitely sucks that you can't get everything, but like it seems like a very happy middle ground where, you know, they can bring in revenue because that's what the fucking game is for. And then also like provide an enjoyable game, fun development, and still not completely piss away and throw every single hour and dollar you spent on the first game into the fucking trash. Yeah. I do think though it is, even though what they're doing is reasonable, it'll always annoy people, right? Especially with these. Oh yeah. People were very upset. (laughs) Yeah. Like it'll never be popular and you kind of just have to do it. And I agree. You have to do stuff like this to pay the bills. Um, but I also don't think that like players are obligated to be happy for you <laughs> that you're like invalidating, you know, our purchases are in there. Like I, I'm not upset about it cause I don't have any investment in the game, but like you get the God pack and it's all gods forever, except, Oh no, actually we're making a new game. So not those gods though. <laughs> and like we bought this years and years ago. So it feels yeah, fair. Man, fucking, let's see. But if you bought it a year ago, then you probably feel cheated. 2014, March 25th, 2014. So we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary of Smite. You know what? Yeah, I'll take it. You probably bought ours in 2015, 2016. Feels fair. I'll say it. Feels fair. <laughs> no, I think 2014, right? Because that would have been sophomore year of high school. We did or college, play right when we started. College. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We played before it was even like Conquest, the main game mode that's like every other MOBA was like established as their. It was always their go-to game mode, but it was no, not the dominant force within the player base that it is now. Like, people mostly messed around in arenas being bad. <laughs> like we were. That's what we thought. It was funny. Uh, like, looking see. at all these comments. Just hated an hour. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think this is the right time to call time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, unless either of you had any final thoughts to wrap us up. Um... I saw The Boy and the Heron today, the most recent Studio Ghibli movie, and I highly, highly recommend it if you like Studio Ghibli at all. It's, uh, I think, their best animation work by far. It's a gorgeous movie. So, yeah, that's literally where I was right before this, and I was rushing to get home to be here on time. (laughs) That's really good to hear, because their last one was not bad, but not Ghibli good. We'll hear nothing bad about any of their recent, like, seven movies. <laughs> the Wind Rise. Which one is it? Was it The Wind Rises? Was that the one yeah, before the this? The Wind Rises like is the wind incredible. Rises. It's about World War II fighter design. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> you, I, the second I brought it up, I was like, wait a second. It's, it's not my World favorite. War II planes. It's <laughs> not my favorite. 
my favorite spins is Mononoke, but Wind Rises I think is really good. But this one is like really good. I like Cow's Moving Castle a lot. Um, I also love Prince Mononoke. I love all of them. I, like the Wind I mean, Rises yeah, are my all least favorite of like that's my favorite movies ever. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Mononoke is my favorite. And then like Nausicaa is probably my second favorite. And then Wind Rises and then this one. All right, we'll have to go see it then. You really should. Walton theaters, especially. I was, I've never once seen any of them in theaters. I've only really? ever watched them at home. Yeah. Um, I saw this. I think it's the only recent one I've seen, like in actual theaters. But UK, when I was there, did like student films where they would just like once a week put another film like on the student auditorium screen. So it was still like a big screen, but it wasn't like a theater release. And I saw like, I don't know, five or six of them on that one while we were at UK. So. I've seen like a decent amount of them on like the big screen, but this is my first like new release one that I've seen on the actual t- theater screen. It was great. So good. Beautiful. Amazing. That's all I got. All right. Well, catch us Jetpack Swords next week. And uh, thanks for listening. Leader. Bye.